Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. She took all my symptoms and she was like, well, you have PCOS. Okay, what does that mean? And she's like, well, you can have cysts, which I don't think that you have. I think that it's in, you, your insulin resistance is coming out and it's PCOS. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I want to put you on some metformin. And I was like, wait a minute. I, my body does not have a metformin deficiency. Can you help me figure out like what is going on? Well, hello there, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. I want to start off on a very positive note, great review that we got, and I want to share it. It's from CJ Bergman, and this person said, such an opportunity to learn. This podcast does an amazing job of helping you see the stories of real people who have had real healing. It's also so informative for individuals seeking health options, but also so helpful for other practitioners to learn from. A gem of a podcast in the big land of health podcasts. <laughs> a must listen every week. Well, we appreciate that very, very much. Thank you so much, CJ Bergman. And one of the things that you said that I really love the most is that there is a lot of podcasts out there in the health space. And when you're creating something like this, you want to ask, how can we differentiate? What can we do differently? And thankfully, FDN, the community, and FDN Thrive, these stories just come out organically. The practitioners that are here, the people that go through our program, these are really, really interesting folks who are willing to do the work. And we have the right information. So when you meet a willingness to do the work with the right information, you get exceptional stories. And hey, when we're just starting off, I get it. You know, you might be listening thinking, okay, well, they got some you know, real big one-hit wonders. That's great and all, but let's see if they can keep it going. I mean, what is this? Episode 64, 65, I think? I mean, how many stories need to be heard? And we're just getting started. I always say that, by the way. We're always just getting started. <laughs> but seriously, it's incredible what can happen when functional principles meet hard work and dedication. That's when you can heal the body of some serious, serious illness. And that is certainly not a claim. You can listen to the stories yourself. This is real. This happened to me. And it happened to many of the folks that have been on and will continue to be on. So thank you again, CJ Bergman. As for our guest today, she is actually the individual who left the first review for the Health Detective podcast back in like January of 2021. So it's kind of cool to see this come full circle. She has since graduated the FDN course. She was actually someone who was a practitioner and she also listened. So she graduated and then of course we got her on the show. So her name's Sarah Pagel and as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner with a master's degree in criminal justice, she empowers helpers to reclaim lost health and vitality by teaching them the greatest model of opt in self-care. She draws the helpers back to themselves by educating them on how to put their mask on first. 2020 was a banner year for Sarah as she reclaimed her life from toxic relationships both personally and professionally and started her holistic health coaching practice, Thinline Consulting. With over a decade of direct client hours as a family behavioral therapist, juvenile probation officer, and a 911 dispatcher, what a job that must be, she brings a variety of skills including accountability, communication, empathy, and strategic problem solving to her clients. This is a woman you want to mess with, right? Because if someone's dealing with a juvenile probation type of field, 
she knows how to get people to do things they don't want to do. So if she can get those kids in line, imagine what she could do for you if you just don't want to change your diet around a little bit, right? <laughs> Finishing up her bio here, Sarah combines functional lab testing with your experience to identify hidden stressors and healing opportunities. From these opportunities, she is trained to make clinical correlations and create an individualized plan to meet you where you are and catapult you towards optimal health. If you are willing to do the work, Sarah operates with a philosophy of don't guess, test. Well, we had a great conversation, super good energy hopping back and forth between Sarah and I. I don't want to spoil anything. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey there, Sarah. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Hey, Ev, it's my uh, my pleasure. I'm really excited to do this. I'm very excited to talk to you for sure. Sarah was our first review on this podcast. I mean, she's been supporting from day one, has listened to a ton of episodes, and it's cool to be able to bring on a practitioner who kind of knows our vibe here and what we're doing, and um, then can also share her personal story. Because as many of you know that are active listeners, we recently changed our name although the content really doesn't change, but we changed to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. And the reason that we did that, if you haven't heard yet, is simply because this is kind of what we're doing. We are bringing on people who have had you know, tricky things or know someone who's had tricky things. And the conventional system, the normal paradigm, normal, is not working. And we need to find something else. And that's where we become detectives. And I think FDNs are some of the best, best health detectives out there, as well as many of the other wonderful practitioners we bring on. So let's jump into it. Sarah, I'd love to have the audience learn about uh, your background, maybe with health stuff or either family members' health stuff. Like what even motivated you to start going on your own detective journey? Yeah, so um, I have kind of a weird and interesting story, I think, but I mean, of course it's my story. So I think it's entertaining and interesting, but, um, I really got sick in 2016 and, um, like my whole body just broke. Um, and so I, I mean, we talk about poop all the time in real life. So, um, I had diarrhea for six weeks and for the months leading up to that, I would like get up in the morning, go to work. I worked downtown. I live in Cincinnati. Shout out to Cincinnati. Um, I uh, would get up in the morning and, um, you know, get up at eight, be downtown at work at nine, come home between three and four, sleep for a couple hours, get up, have dinner, and then go back to sleep and do it all over again. So uh, all of that for about six months before I, my, my body just really fully broke and I had diarrhea for six weeks. And I was like, I am not okay. Like I used to have a lot of energy. I used to be vibrant. I used to be able to, to, you know, I, I could go and do things and I can't even go in. I can't do anything. I haven't, I got nothing in me. And so, um, I had interacted with a functional practitioner, um, in 2011, but at the time I, I couldn't slash didn't afford it. Um, you know, I, I hadn't hit that point where I was like, I'm not okay. Um, kind of a bit of a health rock bottom, I guess you could say. Um, and so by the time May 2016. I, may I ask, time, what was the motivation to go all the way back then at that time to that doctor? Yeah, a fun story. Um, so he had actually started, his, was starting his practice um, and uh, at the gym that I went to. And so uh, I was getting into lifting pretty heavily and um, it, he just was offering, you know, free kind of body scanning stuff. And um, and so I popped in there and I talked with him about it and I actually met with him and the functional practitioner that I ended up onboarding with. 
And um, after the fact, and I learned about gut health and stuff. And, um, you know, I was on birth control. I had acne. I had, all, I, you know, constipation issues my whole life. Um, so I kind of had this intro into it. But I, like I said at the time, I just didn't, um, my now ex-husband and I did not have a lot of money at the time. And so it was just kind of a, it, I, I wasn't at a rock bottom yet, but he was just there. That's kind of how I found him is he just was there. It wasn't, you know, I grew up in the Midwest and, and very, very much like traditional, like you just go to the doctor when you need to go to the doctor and not really exposed to any alternative or holistic type health approaches. Um, and so I was really interested in what he had to say, cause I'm kind of a, I'm kind of rebellious and I, like to engage with things that are outside the norm and outside the box. Um, I get kind of uh, antsy if I'm put into a box. Um, I get kind of spicy, as I like to say. Um, and so I am pretty attracted to things that are outside the box anyway. So it was just really interesting to talk with him. Um, but like I said, I just didn't make the money or I didn't take, I didn't make it a point to use what little money we had um, to put my health as a priority until 2016 when I like really broke, <laughs> like I just really broke. So, so yeah, I don't know. I guess that's kind of yeah. how I started my, um, I found my functional practitioner and, um, we ran a bunch of labs and I discovered, I was told at 30 that like, my DNA was almost resting that I had a bunch of gut bugs that were just some real dysbiosis, had some parasites. Um, my adrenals were pretty tanked and, um, was basically told at 30 that if we didn't change something here, if we didn't change this trajectory, I was going to end up with like cancer tumors, gross things of that nature, because my DNA was almost resting and that's really bad. (laughs) So, um, I started a protocol. What, What does that mean? My understanding, and I am by no stretch an an expert, um, but when your DNA, your DNA produces your cells, right? And so if your DNA is resting, it's like it's getting lazy. So it's producing incorrect cells. It's um, not filtering out cells properly. Cells aren't dying properly. They aren't regenerating properly. And, um, you know, it's like Reed talks about with the wellness scale, like, not ha- an absence of symptoms doesn't mean you're okay. You know, health really is where you're at a cellular level, you're regenerating properly. You're um, turning over that cell creation properly. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. That's my understanding. I, I by no means am an expert. <laughs> Good enough for now. That's for sure. I, did, I never had heard the term, so that's cool. Yeah. Well, yes. it's not literally cool. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, I started a journey of, uh, you know, kind of some gut health protocols and I was told that, that I was highly reactive to gluten. And so I, f- I cut out gluten and literally the diarrhea stopped when I stopped eating gluten and it was, it was wild. Um, and so I'm very, I'm not celiacs, but I am very reactive to wheat and gluten, like just very reactive. Like now if I get cross-contaminated um, and I, or wheat or gluten somehow sneaks into my diet. It literally knocks me on my ass for two days. Like I, I hope I can say that. Um, <laughs> it literally like 
knocks me out for two days with a migraine, like just debilitating migraine. It's, it's wild. It's, it's wild. So, um, that was one component. It's really fascinating with the gluten stuff, how, you know, we feel pretty bad. And then when we remove it, everyone, and we're all guilty of it, inevitably is going to be like, well, I wonder what happens if I throw this back in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like it hits you harder than it did before almost. It's like the body's like making up for it. And I I think there's some science behind that, but that's besides the point. It's just interesting. It's kind of actually, although I don't want that and probably you don't either, it is nice in a way because it just confirms, okay, I do need to remove this. And that's my motivation is this is not working. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I have had clients, um, take it out and then be like, Oh, I wonder if, and then they're like, Oh, I'm probably fine. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. And then they get, you know, their body reacts, however their body reacts. And they're like, Oh, I believe you now. And I'm like, yes, it's really not good for you. We have the data to show your body really doesn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah. So so I worked on that journey for about two years and then in, um, I still, I went through kind of, you know, various highs and lows of a healing crisis. And, um, and so, you know, when one thing gets dealt with, another thing can pop up. Um, and so that happened with me. And, so by 2018, I was headed off to Europe for a really fun, um, like 16, 18, 18 day trip. And I still was not feeling well. I went back to my functional practitioner. I was like, I really still, I'm not well, like something isn't right. And he was like, okay, let's get some more labs. So we got some more labs. And, um, and I had been doing my own reading because I was like, why am I not feeling better? Like, I, I'm like, I feel, mm-hmm. I sort of feel better, but like, I, I like, I've gained a bunch of weight. I can't lose it. I still don't feel like my, I still don't have good energy. And so I had been reading about parasites. And so I I was talking with my practitioner and I was like, I really think that I have parasites. And he's like, well, let's run the labs. Ran the labs, did not come back with parasites. I'm like, no, but I really think that I do. And like, here's what's happening. Here are my symptoms, quote unquote. And he was like, okay, I believe you. Like, you know, you're learning your body. You're listening to your body. Let's go ahead and start you on a protocol for parasites. And sure as shit, in three days, I was pooping worms. <laughs> and I kid you not, every day for the last three and a half years, I have pooped worms. And I have been through all the protocols by now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So this was like, way to trust your gut, no pun intended. Right. Um, you know, that like... But this matters because none of the mm-hmm. testing – If okay, I'll word it this way. If any testing was perfect yet, we wouldn't have a chronic health epidemic. So let's just mm-hmm. all acknowledge that nothing's perfect and that we need to utilize the best of both worlds. Or, I mean, there's technically more than just Western and functional, I suppose. But for the sake of the conversation, we got to use the best of both worlds for whatever's the best for the client or the patient. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can't – I love that they trusted you. I think that's such a, a cool thing to be heard because this is something that so many places don't do. And that happens on both sides. You know, we, mm-hmm. we get into our ego, like we know everything about health. And it's like, objectively, that is obviously not true because mm-hmm. we wouldn't be having the issues we have as a society if that was true. Um, yes. But it's funny how we can kind of get into that. So that's really cool. Now, I, mm-hmm. I, I forgive me if I heard this wrong. When you were dealing with the diarrhea and stuff already, did you just jump right into more of a natural side of things? Um. So when I... Oh, man, that was a while ago. I I was so desperate um, that, yeah, I mean, I had already been eating pretty clean. Um, I had been uh, prior to 
2016, like from 2011 to 2016, I was, I was working out a lot. And so that I was over exercising. Like I'd get up in the morning, I'd go run six miles on the treadmill, go to work and then come home and lift uh, pretty heavy for 90 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. Um, and I did that four to six days a week. And so, I mean, I was an athlete back in the day. I was a competitive swimmer for several years. And, and so like, I, I loved being in my body. Um, and, but I, I couldn't recover. So the way, you know, my practitioner described it to me, it was like, so I have my baseline, right. And then I would work out and I would dip below my baseline, but I, my body was getting so exhausted that I couldn't get back up to my baseline. And so every time I would work out, I would just keep tanking even more. And so one of the things he told me in 2016, he was like, you have to stop working out. And I was like, but don't tell me that. And so, and I did because I was so desperate. I didn't have the energy anyway to work out. And so I did, I gained 40 pounds. Um, it took me until 2018 to get off the birth control which I lost 10 pounds as soon as I did that. Um, and the reason, there's a funny story about that one too. I went to the only doctor that I actually was going to was my OBGYN. And I'm like, well, I got to make sure my girly parts are okay, right? Um, <laughs> like, And so um, I went to her and I was like, you know, I keep gaining weight. I, I want to get off the birth control. It, like, can you help me figure out what's going on? Like, I don't have any energy. I don't feel well. Can you help me figure out what's going on? And she's like, and she, I, she took all my symptoms and she was like, well, you have PCOS. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? And she's like, well, you can have cysts, which I don't think that you have. I think that it's in you, your insulin resistance is coming out and it's PCOS. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I want to put you on some metformin. And I was like, wait a minute. I, my body does not have a metformin deficiency. Can you help me figure out like what is going on? And she was like, no, I don't do that. You're going to have to work with your functional practitioner for that. And I was just like, what? You, Cool. Cool. I'm never going to come back to you again. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and I love what you just said. It's like, obviously, you don't have a metformin um, deficiency by any means, you know. And I didn't even know the PCOS thing was going to come up today. I might have missed that. So that is that something that I'm hearing more and more often, um, <laughs> especially in young women? And it's like, it's what you just said. The only doctor that they're going to is the OBGYN. And that is going to be an incomplete place for this type of stuff for sure. And so now they really just get into the cycle of trial and error with that stuff. So, okay. I kind of get how we got into the functional side. Did you feel like, and we don't have to talk about names or whatever. That's not important, but the functional practitioner that you had went to for a couple of years, do you feel like they got you to where you wanted to go? And then you sought out FDN to just do the work yourself? Or did you seek out FDN because you kind of felt it was incomplete and you wanted more? Um, that's a good question. So 2020 was, besides the fact that there was a pandemic, it was a banner year for me. I had a lot of changes. Um, and so I ended up getting divorced and I quit my job and like all of that was going to happen regardless of the pandemic. Um, so there was a lot of changes for me then. And so I was in a place where I needed to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and, and I knew, I, I felt like my practitioner had gotten me as far as we were going to go together on my health journey. Um, and so it was like, okay, so I started, I did kind of start exploring and trying to figure out, okay, what, how do I, 
how do I take this next step in my health journey? Cause I'm still battling this fatigue a little bit. I'm still pooping worms. Like there are some things that like, I just, I, I'm, I, I got hungry for more answers and I had kind of detoxified my external life. And so I was like ready. I had more space in my, in my life to really engage with something else. Um, and he actually uh, turned me on and pointed me in the direction of FDN. And so like I kind of found FDN because of him um, and then ran with it and just, it was the next right thing for me. That's wonderful. And I love uh, detoxifying the external, <laughs> you know, that's, um, that's a big one. And it is something that we talk about. Any good FDN practitioner is going to talk about it. You know, it's like by the time someone gets to us, there is a ton of internal stuff as well. But mm-hmm. I've met so many people, um, great friend of mine, like, you know, she was working the most stressful job in the world and had health issues. And she was kind of surprised by how much we focused on that aspect of things in the beginning. And I'm like, listen, I mean, it might take months to get out of a career for someone. It could take a year. I'm like, I don't care what we do supplement wise, diet wise right now. You either need to figure out a way to love this, which you shouldn't have to be forced to love anything. So the more realistic thing is like, I would probably find a way to move out of this eventually. Mm -hmm. And she did. And it worked very well. So Mm -hmm. um, that that stuff matters. And there's so many other examples of external things and what those could be. So when you were going through the FDN philosophy and program and doing the labs that we do, what were some things that you found even still to this day that might have been like, wow, I had no idea I had that. Or maybe you were surprised it was still there. I'm not sure. Because you had obviously done some work before. So I'm curious what your labs would have brought to you. Yeah, I think the most powerful uh, lab that I did with FDN that I had never done before was the MRT, the food sensitivities lab. Um, Because so I had gone gluten free, right? I'm gluten free since 2016. As gluten free as you really can be in our culture, like I still got to eat, I still drink vodka, you know, like I still know that I have exposure. And I know that there's cross contamination, cross reactivity with things like corn and whatnot. So like, I know, I knew that as gluten-free as I can be, I am. And I know when I have it too, which is wild because it knocks me on my ass and get a migraine for two days. Um, but the MRT was really powerful for me because I, I was doing all the right things, right? I was eating whole food as, as much as I could with the fatigue and whatever. Like I was really making concerted, disciplined, concentrated efforts to um, eat whole foods, eat organic, not eat processed stuff like um and i i still was having these gut reactions i was still feeling really inflamed and i was like what it i feel like i'm fighting with food like food was not my friend and i was like i don't understand why and so i did the mrt and turns out i'm highly reactive to corn and potato and so also corn potato and sunflower And so everything that is gluten-free, like 99% of the gluten-free stuff that's out there is made with corn or potato. So like, it didn't matter that I was really going gluten-free because I was eating all of these things that I thought my body could handle and my body was just really reacting to it. And so when I got my MRT results back and I discovered that and I removed my food sensitivities I mean, I dropped 10 pounds right away. Like I, I had energy. My food, food became my friend again. And it was, that was really powerful for me. Like the GI map, like 
showed me exactly what I, I knew was there. Like at the time that I took the, the map, I had a yeast infection. So when I sat down with my advisor, he was like, so you kind of, how are you doing with the yeast? And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. I had a raging yeast infection when I took that. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> but um, so, you know, like it's, it, but it really is a testament to like, you, it's such a journey. Like when you reclaim your health and you take ownership of it, it is such a journey. And it, it takes time. If you've been sick for a long time, like I was like, I really wonder if I have had these parasites like my whole life and they've just been hiding in my body. And so when you've had something or you've been making poor lifestyle choices or whatever, and unknown to you, like you're just going about your life doing the best that you can, it does damage and it takes, it takes time to heal that. So, um, but that was really powerful for me was the MRT. Yeah, the MRT specifically is a test that I always, I really try to describe this really well for people and why this is different than other food sensitivity tests. We actually, uh, I can't remember offhand what the number is. It's in the 20s, I believe, early 20s of our episodes. We actually go into stop wasting your money, it's called, on food sensitivity tests. And that's with like a little asterisk because, yes, the MRT is a food sensitivity test. But when you understand, if you're in our space, the technology that they're using compared to these other ones, and it's patented. I mean, it's just, it's unfair. Like they have an unfair advantage right now. And there's a reason that it works. It's so cool to see how much of a healing opportunity that can be for people. Um, mm -hmm. And I admit there's people that, you know, they push you and all they want to run is that test and they don't really see any results at all because that's all they ran. But then there's mm -hmm. others like you, me, or this one woman that I always think about, her name's Kate and she shares her story publicly. I mean, she lost like 40 pounds almost in a month. Her TSH dropped into normal ranges finally. I mean, it's mm -hmm. remarkable what that can do alone. And then it makes you think, right? So what happens when you actually incorporate that as a part of a whole FDN mm -hmm. system? Um, mm -hmm. it, it's really cool what you can do with that. So mm -hmm. where, because you graduated in February of 2021. And of course, as someone who, like you said yourself, potentially may have been dealing with these parasites for your whole life, which I totally agree with, by the way. Um, when I got my GI map, I found you know H. pylori and blastocystis hominis. Now, I hadn't lived with my parents for a while at that time. My mom finally got on board with FDN and she ran it. Sure enough, H. pylori, blastocystis hominis. And so, and I've been sick like my whole life and she had mm -hmm. been sick for decades. So it's like, I'm not saying those are the only things and neither of us are saying that, but it's a consideration of like, yeah, when did that actually start? When did I get those things and how have they played a role in my story and in my life? So mm -hmm. I think that's something really useful to bring up for people. You know, we got to, it's just one more reason why it's a whole system because an MRT mm -hmm. is never going to cover that, but a GI map is never going to cover the sensitivities either. So mm -hmm. yeah. um, are, are you feeling, so my whole point was, I'm sorry, with having graduated in February of this year and having had this stuff probably for years, where are you at with your health now? Like, is this, you know, feeling like 70, 80% better? Do you still feel like you have some work to do? What, where are we at? And there's no wrong answer. Yeah, I, I would definitely say from where I was in 2016, I'm like night and day better. Nice. Um, I have, it's, there's been highs and lows of course. Um, but for the most part, I, um, I would really like to get rid of these pesky buggers. Um, and so I'm doing some different things to heal the terrain of my gut. And so I talk to my clients a lot about um, the kind of process we're going to go through um, to do just that. Because for some reason, there's a reason why they keep reproducing in my body. And, um, you know, a pill isn't going to fix that. And so, like, I need to do more... Um, 
a deeper dive. And so like, I love to learn. And so I'm reading about mitochondria and cellular activity and how to clean our cells out and how to clean the blood and all that stuff. And I just, cause I, I just find that really fascinating. Like we can deal with the bugs on the map. We can deal with the healing opportunities that come up, but if you don't fix the, the terrain of the microbiome, you don't fix, fix your gut, um, the, the environment of your gut, then it's there. You're, you're just a breeding ground. It's going to keep coming back. So I'm in this kind of process of, um, doing that, cleaning out my cells, cleaning out my, you know, not just doing the killing, but just the repair and restoration right now. And honestly, like it fits into the context of my life. Right. So the last year I have been detoxifying my, my external and now I'm, and, uh, going deeper into detoxing my internal world. And so, um, I'm definitely seven, I would say 70 to 80% better for sure. Um, I definitely still struggle with, um, the adrenal exhaustion. So we were talking before we recorded that like in December I bought a house and I rehabbed it pretty much by myself. And so it was like 15 hours a day, like sanding floors and ripping out carpet and painting walls and all this stuff. And I, definitely like I had the energy to do it, but I slipped back into adrenal exhaustion. And so, um, the first couple months of the year were really kind of repairing and resetting from that. Um, I think I was listening to one of the, the thrive podcasts and someone had talked about how, um, like once you've been in adrenal exhaustion, it's easy to kind of slip back in it. And I was like, yes, that is so true. Like it's so true. Um, I mean, even today, uh, like I've been going hard for the last like three weeks and this, even before we jumped onto this to record for today, I was taking a nap because I was like, I am so fried from just being on the go for the last couple of weeks. And so I'm going on vacation soon. So like I do have balance, but, um, so there's still things that I'm navigating, but I, I, it's, it's been a really powerful, last year was a really powerful year for me just reclaiming myself. And, um, yeah, so definitely, definitely on the upward still have work to do, but definitely trending upward. It's, it's kind of an incredible thing because everyone that I talk to for longer than a few minutes, just a quick high and bye type of thing. There are so many experiences that they've had in the last year and a half, myself included, that are just not even directly related to the pandemic, but it is still so clearly abnormal. I mean, these are like profound shifts in who we are and, and what we're doing. And maybe that is the result of us just being forced to slow down and reflect mm -hmm. on our lives. I'm not sure, but it is almost like this universal universal spiritual shift. And I don't necessarily mean spiritual in any specific way. I mean that in terms of like a personal growth type of word, you know, like there's a, a shift in the mindset and what's serving us and what's not. And um, I know it's been tough emotionally for me, but it's also been incredible. And it sounds like that's a similar road to what you're in, you know, like, yeah, there's been some heavy stuff, but Oh, at the end of the day, this is probably great that this happened. Right. Mm -hmm. cool. For sure. For sure. Um, there was like so many things to touch on there. I had to, this is a separate one, but I also love what you said about the adrenal exhaustion and how mm -hmm. it seems so easy to slip back in. I have no idea if that was said on the thrive podcast, but it could have been because I've noticed that anecdotally over the last years, it's like, because you wonder how can someone go, 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 go for so long. And then it just, it seems as if there is this line that's crossed. And mm -hmm. once you cross that, you're going to have to be on your best behavior for a while. And then even 
on a better behavior, at least for the rest of your life, because it's not going to work otherwise. And I haven't figured that one out yet. And I'm sure Reed probably has an opinion on that or even an understanding of it. But I I do find it interesting that it seems hard to kind of bounce back. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a very separate point, but something that was in your bio that, you know, I was reading in the beginning of the podcast, and I wanted to touch on this today. You have this background in kind of criminal justice and, you know, juvenile detention, uh, probation, I think, juvenile probation, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I know that we didn't prepare for this at all. So obviously to the degree that you're able, I'm, I'm fine with any answer, but if you've ever heard my personal story and I share this publicly, it's always tough, but it is, you know, it's still part of me. One of the things that motivated me to get into personal development and health is because, I mean, I kind of like destroyed my life with my health Mm -hmm. issues. They were very related to mental stuff and my mental health issues I was ashamed of. I didn't want to share what was going on with people, uh, with people. And so I dealt with them for 13 years and they just got Mm -hmm. worse and worse and worse and worse until the point where my not so politically correct term, but I can say it because it's about me. I kind of like lost my brain or mind, you know, like I lost my mind. It felt like, and I engaged in very stupid things that led Mm -hmm. me to spending a brief period of time in a juvenile detention facility and spending Mm -hmm. time on probation. Now I want to be very clear for people because in my world, justification is not the same as explanation. I would never justify my actions that led to those necessary consequences. But the explanation is if Evan Transu did not Mm -hmm. deal with mental health issues his whole life, I can guarantee those situations wouldn't have occurred. I'll put my sure. life on that. So yeah. what I'm getting at here is with someone with your experience and now mm-hmm. knowing what you know and having such a deep understanding of this, how much, because it's not exclusive, but how much of the youth problems in behavior that we're seeing do you think can be contributed to the fact that these kids have brains and bodies that are on fire and they just don't know how to handle that sometimes? Do you think that's a contributing factor? Oh, for sure. A million times over for sure. I mean, and I like my, uh, I'm seeing somebody and I absolutely adore this man. And he has a, this wonderful 11 year old son right now. And I mean, not has always had him, but, um, (laughs) um, and, uh, you know, I can, it's just really clear to me that, you know, he's lactose intolerant and reacts to gluten and, um, because he's a little, but like he is this wonderful, sweet, warm, charismatic little personality and the big personality in this little body. And, and then when he eats, if he's eating kind of junk food, um, how he kind of turns it, we call him, uh, I call him different versions of a monster. I'm like, is this your hangry monster? And he's like, Sarah, the hangry monsters come in and I'm like, okay, let's get you some good food here. Um, so yes, without a question, you know, like I think that especially for the kiddos, you know, their, their bodies, um, rage, they get on, they literally lit on light on fire. And, um, and I, I definitely have looking back on my time in probation. Um, I definitely see the correlation. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in, in our juvenile detention facility here in Cincinnati. And, um, so what I did with probation, so I was on a specialized team. I only worked with the kids that were removed from the community and put into residential facilities. And so I walked with kids. It wasn't like I would just check in with them, you know, every week, every other week. And, um, you know, they were on my caseload for three or six months. Like, no, I, I walked with these kids for like 12 to 20 months, 24 months. So, um, I really got to know them. I got to know their families. I got to know their stories. Um, 
And absolutely, absolutely, you know, the, the immune system response. And um, I think when you, in the conversation about uh, crime and criminality and uh, juvenile crime in particular, I think it's a very multi-layered conversation. And I think our culture right now likes to break it down and make it really simple and make it headline. And that's just not real. Um, to really understand what's happening um, and to understand why people make the choices that they make, you have to understand that people are not black and white. And the reasons they make their choices are not black and white. You know, survival mode, being in trauma and living in survival mode where you're, um, you know, your fight or flight is activated. Um, and that's where you live because you're like, am I going to eat today? You don't care what you're going to eat. You're going to, you're just asking, am I going to eat today? You know, am I going to come home and is my mom's boyfriend going to come home and beat the crap out of me or beat the crap out of her? You know, like, um, you know, I, I really want these new Jordans and how am I going to do this? Well, okay, I'll go, I'll go sell some weed on the corner for a couple hours and make a couple hundred bucks and go buy the shoes that I really want to fit in, in my, in my culture, you know? So it's a very multi-layered uh, answer, I guess. And I absolutely without a question that believe that health and nutrition are, is one component, but for them to have access to that health and nutrition, um, they're just trying to survive in a lot of, in a lot of cases. And so when you're in survival mode, you don't care what you're eating. You just care that you're eating. That I don't think you could have said that any better. And it's like, the reason I bring it up, especially opportunistically today, like knowing with your background, I know in my head, we have to do something about this, but it is such an overwhelmingly large and complex issue that overlaps into different areas. Because I mean, forget just even being able to afford the food or having it or not. It's like, you have to have awareness. There needs to be education. There needs mm -hmm. to be the financial status. Someone at home has to give enough of a crap to get this mm -hmm. type of food and stuff. And again, usually in these families, like mine was a little different because we had a good family life. It really was, my biochemistry was out of whack primarily yeah. with nutrition. But what happens, yeah, when you also go home, you really do have a sensitivity to gluten that causes you to act out and yes. maybe behave inappropriately, but you're also getting beaten. I mean, yes. there's- it's so complex, but I do know just because something's complex and I obviously you agree with this, it doesn't mean we can ignore it. And we got, it starts with a simple and seemingly even stupid conversation like this because the right person might hear it and might just think about something a little differently. Um, mm -hmm. I try to sprinkle this into schools anytime I'm talking there. Like I, I really, my talk is not overall about health. It's more about just asking for help and getting that started. But mm -hmm. I always just plant that seed of, Hey, Maybe you have been getting help for a while, or maybe you're about to start a journey that's going on for six to 12 months and you're still not feeling better. Maybe that's when you should consider some of the stuff that I had to consider to really mm -hmm. get myself under control. And it is a shame to see how many relationships in adults and youth, um, the same that are just destroyed possibly because someone has an inflamed brain and body and just does mm -hmm. not behave appropriately, not justifying it, but yeah, it matters. It's worth talking about. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you bring up a good point. Like it can be really overwhelming. I, I mean, our culture has like kind of pretty disintegrated in the last couple of years and, um, it can be really overwhelming to just kind of sit back and be like, wow, what can I do about this? How can I, 
how can I take a stand for what I believe in or how can I, you know, operate out of my value system, my core values and, you know, without fear of retribution or fear of like losing my friends and family because I have a different perspective or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I, I love what you said. You just start with where you, ha- where you are, right? Like you have your circle of influence, you have your circle of control and start there and make the best choices for you and encourage people around you to make good choices and bring about like kind of draw out that beauty in other people and draw out, inspire, encourage other people to make good choices for them. And, um, and I'm, I'm seeing that a lot with, um, my circle of influence right now and just seeing how the people who are listening to me, the people who are asking me questions and, um, I don't have to like push or pry or work super, super hard to get people to listen to me because like the people who are ready to hear are already listening. And so you can't make somebody ready mm-hmm. to hear information. You just have to show up where they are with them. You know, like I, I think there's yeah. tremendous mm-hmm. beauty in just sitting with people where they are. And I think, um, you know, I started my career as a therapist, uh, for mental health and, um, for kids and families where the kid was at risk of being removed from the home and put into a residential facility. And then I moved into probation where it was kind of the flip side. Kids had already been removed from the facility. Um, and then I was a 911 dispatcher for a couple of years. So, um, I I went, Wow. yeah, I, my journey to being an FDNer is very interesting to me at least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and which kind of leads me to really what I'm passionate about now, but, um, yeah, I just meeting people where they are is really powerful. Um, and that's where change happens because I see and hear so much of like, you need to believe this or you need to do this or you did it. And it's like, well, hold the phone. Like, I'm not going to even listen to you until you listen to me. Like, that is the world we're living in right now. Like, people who are like pounding things at me, I'm like, okay, I will listen to you and I will meet you in your space, but I'm not going to share with you what's going on in mine because you're not, you're not in a position and you're not safe enough to even hear what I have to say about me. Um, so, but I do think it's really important to just meet people where they are and not push your agenda onto them. Like let them approach with whatever agenda they have and kind of move from there. Yeah, that's uh I like to believe that and it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> it is oh, tough. for sure. Yeah, you just want to sure. open up the fire hydrant and just dump everything. But mm-hmm. it's not how – I just constantly remember, I'm like, well, that's not how it worked for you. And it still mm-hmm. doesn't work for you depending on the topic, right? It's not like mm-hmm. we're at this superiority level. It's just in terms of certain things such as health, yes, I would think it's fair and I'm confident enough to say that we have a better understanding than 99% of people of mm-hmm. what it actually means to be healthy and what that needs to look like in society. Um, but there's plenty of other things that I am not anywhere close to the 99th percentile and probably not even the 50th percentile. Like I'm, I'm underdeveloped. Yeah. yeah and, um, and so, yeah, we need to approach people with this, like, Hey, just sprinkle it and meet them where they're at and hope mm-hmm. that others do that for ourselves in the topics that we're not there yet with, if that makes sense mm-hmm. to people listening. So I love, uh, I'm glad that I asked that about the juvenile probation thing. I think that led to a unique discussion that we don't typically have here and it's cool. So it's one of the things that motivates me most is the FDN community. And 
because I just, I don't know. It's just the way my brain works. I can't not look at the various systems in this world. And at first I thought it was like the health one. And I was like, okay, like we'll get that fixed up. And then you get older and I'm like, wow, no, it's kind of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, These aren't sustainable. They are Mm -hmm. sometimes abusive to certain individuals. And it's like, I don't know how to solve that, but I know giving a damn one and two, Mm -hmm. just talking about the fact that it's there and acknowledging it. Well, if everyone did that, I think we'd at least be in a better place. That's not a solution, but it's a better place. So it starts with stuff like this. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so grateful. Like I might, there's one side that I'm sure you can relate to. It's like, dang, this is so tough looking at this. But then we have a conversation like this. I'm like, all right. Well, I know Sarah's out there fighting, like Ev's out there fighting yes. at the end doing it. Yes. Yeah. 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 I totally agree that it, it is encouraging um, to be around people and, you know, to have your community be, to have some like-mindedness within the community, but then also people who, um, you know, think differently. I had an interesting exchange with a, an FDN around Facebook the other day and um, it, it it's like, I, I loved the freedom to do that. And I loved the freedom to challenge um, and be challenged in the thinking. And it was about, you know, a, a protocol type <laughs> thing. And, um, but it was just, I enjoyed um, the exchange. I enjoyed having, feeling the freedom to do it and the safety to do it. And whether or not I actually was free or yeah. safe, I don't know, but I'm like, I'm going to do me. And if, if, if you don't like it, that's, that's not about me. That's about you. So, okay. <laughs> But <laughs> well said. We we only got uh, ten minutes left, so I want to make sure we can talk about your practice now and what you're doing because you know you decided, hey, this is something I'd like to do as work at least somewhat, right? I don't know if you have goals of just this being the only thing, but nonetheless, um, tell us a little bit about you know who you like to work with. I always ask people if they could like paint their ideal client. You know what what does that person look like? So if that person's listening, they know, hey, Sarah's here to help. Yeah. So my mission really um, is to help the helper um, reclaim their health and uh, bring them back. My mission is to draw the helper back to themselves so that they, by teaching them how to put their mask on first, that's kind of my mission statement. Um, And I do that utilizing FDN and uh, the dress protocol and, um, and meeting them where they are. Um, And I really, to me, if I were to break down what I mean by helper more, I mean, first responders. So um, I was in uh, a version of law enforcement being in probation. And um, then I transitioned into being a 911 dispatcher for the county that I live in. And um, I am just really, really passionate about my police, fire, EMS, and dispatch family. Um, and it really, we're a stubborn bunch. And so if you're not one of us, you're not listened to. I mean, that just kind of is the way that it is. And um, whether it's right or wrong, it, it's the culture. And within that culture, um, there's a lot of pain and suffering. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of, because, um, you know, there's this, this motto, like, we're there for you on the worst day of your life. You know, when the police and fire and dispatch EMS, we show up on the worst day of your life to make that day a little bit better and to bring, connect you to resources so that you're, you can survive that worst day. And, um, I'm just really passionate about taking care of my first responders. Um, and so with that, um, I, 
have partnered. I love collaborating. If there's anybody out there who's like, oh man, I love what she's saying or whatever. And you want to collaborate and you think that we could come to get, come together to put together something interesting to offer to the community. I'm like, let me know. I am open. I love collaborating. I think collaborating is how we move forward in life. Um, and how we repair the damage in life. Like, Life is damaging. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but life is like full of suffering and trauma. And so like we just need to come together so that we can repair that and like move forward. Um, so I'm collaborating with a couple different people and places right now. So um, I am one of my closest friends. I've uh, She and I have been good friends for like over a decade. Um, she actually runs a system called NeuroOptimal, So it's neurofeedback. And so, um, I'm, I'm running while I'm getting my practice up and running. Um, I'm managing and operating that portion of her practice cause she's a trauma counselor. And so I, I do neurofeedback for her clients, but then she's given me access to the machine so that I am actually now going out into the field and, um, engaging with police and fire and, um, hopefully I'd like to start onboarding with the dispatchers and stuff, but like to bring neurofeedback, which is this awesome brain training tool to that community. And, um, you know, we could talk at a different time about what neurofeedback is, but it's essentially brain training, right? It's like taking your brain to the gym. Um, and it's been very successful with like building resiliency and the capacity to handle stress in your life. Um, and so it works great if you're doing trauma counseling and EMDR and things of that nature. Um, so I'm doing that and collaborating with her in that. And then I'm also collaborating with some awesome um, uh, kind of grassroots first responder um, nonprofits that are designed to really support first responders with like resources, education, mental health, finances, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm collaborating with two of them right now. Hold the Line Services, which is equine therapy and trauma therapy for first responders. Um, and then Sabrina, I got to give her a shout out. She's amazing. Um, she uh, is working on really getting, breaking her, breaking kind of into and through this like thin line wall. Um, and she's doing some great work with awesome, awesome first responders. So I'm collaborating with her and bringing neurofeedback in and then also incorporating the health stuff. And so the body really does keep the score. And so um, bringing some of these resources, these health resources to my first responder community through um, those who are already opened up into a counseling setting in that mental health setting. So there's already this kind of perspective of like, okay, I, I really can't do this on my own. I do need a little bit of help. Um, and so that's been great. And then I'm also collaborating with the Chip Terry Fund. And so um, in my community, uh, Chip Terry is, uh, was a captain in uh, one of the fire departments down here. And, um, after he retired, he ended up committing suicide. And so his wife, um, really took this and, uh, Chip was well known in the community, well loved in the community. And so, um, she took uh, that experience in her life and has, is in the process of just radically transforming and fighting for firefighters in our community and like taking this terrible, tragic event in her life and um, transforming it into something really beautiful, something really powerful so that his death has a lot of meaning. Um, and so I'm collaborating with her 
to get um, neurofeedback resources to uh, firefighters who are really struggling um, and the being able to financially uh, help provide that service. So, um, so I do the one-on-one coaching thing. Oh, go ahead. You look like you have a question. Well, no, I was just going to say, I definitely have someone for you to collaborate with. That's all I was going to add. So that's really cool. (laughs) I love it. Send them my way. Um, Yep. Yeah. So um, I I do the one-on-one coaching, which I love. I love being a health detective. I always thought that I'd make a great detective as in like a cop, um, but I never wanted to be a (laughs) beat cop. Um, I just had, I mean, I have my master's in criminal justice. I love the criminal justice system. I understand the criminal justice system. And I never wanted to be a beat cop. Um, so now I get to be a health detective and it's really super fun. Yeah. So I love doing the labs. I, I definitely kind of thrive with that gut piece because um, I really think that a majority of the issues really do start in the gut. Um, and can, yeah. So I, I love the one-on-one coaching thing. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm onboarding new clients right now because um, I do have some space in my schedule to do that. Um, and then I'm also doing the neurofeedback. So that has kind of organically been this, um, part of my practice that was really unexpected, um, and really beautiful. So that's what I, where can people find you? Because you just sold me. That's for sure. Oh, I love it. You're so sweet. Um, so you can email me at Sarah Pegel at thinlineconsulting.org. Um, I don't have a website yet. Um, I have lots of people that want to sell me websites um, but I'm like, I just started my practice. I ain't got no money for you. <laughs> but um, I am going to be working on a website, so that'll be coming. But um, you can also find me. I'm a part of a local practitioner group here in Cincinnati called Holistic Health Practitioners. So you can find me on that website, the uh, www.holistichealthpractitioners.org. Um, and then, but really, the best way to get a hold of me is just shoot me an email, or you can find me on Facebook too, um, Sarah Pagel. Um, and that's me. So, okay. So Sarah, as you know, all too well, it's time to finish with our signature question. I, if guys, if you don't are confused about why we're laughing so much, there's a video version of this as well. We, we've had a lot of fun stuff going back and forth here. If Sarah had a magic wand and could only get everyone in this world, or sorry, my gosh, of course I messed up the dang question now. If Sarah had a magic wand and could get everyone in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that was get them literally to do something or not do something, what is the one thing you'd get them to do? I love this question. Um, and I've been thinking about my answer because I knew we were going to record this. Um, and I, I was laying in bed this morning and I'm like, you know, I, if there's one thing I could get people to do, it would be to be curious about what's happening in their health. Um, and to just uh, take ownership of what's happening, um, ask questions, be a critical thinker. Um, and sometimes I know that that's hard because our bodies are maybe really broken. Um, and so maybe you don't have the energy, but if you're, if you're walking around and you feel like crap, you don't have to feel like crap anymore. Like there's such a, you don't, there is hope is I, I think what I'm saying. And so get curious about how to get better, um, and ask questions and don't ever stop asking questions. That was such a huge part of my journey was asking questions and taking ownership of my own health. And so I really, I thought about gluten I thought about sleep. All of that stuff is really important. Um, but I think 
get curious, ask questions, be a critical thinker, and take ownership. All right, what do you guys think there? A pretty good answer, right? But at the same time, it's like kind of cheating because she knew it was coming. She's listened a lot. I'll take it though. Pretty good answer. And how true is it? Because all of the things that we say here as that final answer normally, whether it's eating something or not eating something or doing something or not doing something, it really does all start with a curiosity for what can happen when I change my diet or what can happen when I change some habits around because the narrative that is pushed, which is an effective narrative in acute and emergency cases in my opinion, but the narrative that is also pushed for chronic disease is that, okay, you have this, once it gets bad enough, you'll get the diagnosis and then we'll give you this medication. But if you remember the excerpt that we used from Sarah in the very beginning of this episode, it was, she said to herself, she said it wonderfully, I don't think I have a deficiency in metformin. So it doesn't add up. And that right there, that statement that she made, that's curiosity. And I am not condemning people that are stuck in this, but I'm just encouraging you rather to think outside the box a little bit. Because how many people, for every one Sarah, there's at least 10 to 20 people that aren't like that. They're just going to take it and not think twice about it. Maybe they don't want to take it, but they don't think there's any other options. And so be a critical thinker, think outside the box, and ask questions. And if you don't understand something, even if it's intimidating sometimes to ask our healthcare professionals, I get that, especially the doctors and nurses of the world, these are people that are put on a pedestal. They are at high income brackets typically, they are at high levels of education. It can be intimidating for the average person to challenge these people. So don't challenge them in a disrespectful way, just ask a question politely. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so or Dr. So-and-so, I didn't know about this or that. Could you explain this to me a little bit more? Could you explain why I need to be on this medication? I don't fully understand. I could, I just maybe no, don't get it. I just want to know a little more. So I want to explore that. It can be simple stuff like that. Play dumb, ask questions. Worst thing that can happen is you learn something. Best thing that can happen is you realize maybe this doesn't make sense for you. And maybe you're going to want to go somewhere else then. And if you're tired of thinking that you have a metformin deficiency or one of these other various pseudo deficiencies, then you know where to find us because we'll, we will take this a step deeper. Go to fdnthrive.com, click the get started here button, and your journey can begin. Until then, though, I want to thank you so much for being a wonderful listener. We always, always, always appreciate the support that our audience gives us. I mean, you guys are fantastic. It's so cool to see how many people come to FDN Thrive after the podcast, and also how many people go to the individual practitioners. It's like, we really can't lose here. You know, you either join us at FDN Thrive and you think that we're the best program for you, fantastic, or you resonate with one of these people that we bring on. That's not a loss for FDN Thrive. That's a win for this paradigm. I'll say that again real quick because that's our mission here. That's not a loss for FDN Thrive. That's a win for our paradigm. And the paradigm is... If you have chronic diseases or symptoms that aren't getting better with conventional means, it might be time to dive a little deeper and do some exploratory work. Or as Sarah so eloquently said, get a little curious. Start asking questions. Don't just take everything that's put in front of you at face value. And this applies to a lot more than health stuff, but I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> if you like this content, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive on Apple Podcasts. We would love you even more than we already do. And of course, I will eventually give you a shout out for being such a kind and generous person. 
I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. I will see you in a few days. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.